Don't worry about those small details. They're not important. You will get there if you stay focused on that one thing that you want to work on. And then those opportunities, which seem so high bar right now, will actually come to you. The Entreprenista Podcast Network presents Startups in Stilettos, your guide to getting your business off the ground. We're your hosts. I'm Jessica Abo, media trainer and journalist. And I'm Stephanie Carton, co-founder of Entreprenista, Socialfly, and Market. Each week, we'll talk to a new startup founder about how they turned their great idea into a business. And then Stephanie and I will answer their questions about taking that business to the next level. Get ready to grow your business and put your best heel forward. Hi, everyone, and welcome back. We are so excited to have you here today. We are sitting down with Christina Hawatma. She is the founder of Scopio, an NFT art marketplace, and she is an author. She recently released a historical picture book called The Year Time Stopped. Christina, we are so excited to have you. We were chatting offline earlier. You said that this was a project that's 10 years in the making. I know from writing a book that took me 10 years to bring to life that it's so much love, energy, time, and some blood, sweat, and tears. So tell us a little bit about your project. Thank you. Happy to be here. It is 200 images from around the world during 2020 in over 102 cities. So basically when COVID hit, a lot of people were panicking and I was like, I know what I'm going to do for my time, which is start to collect these images so that because I knew this was once in a lifetime and it was so everything was so weird and so unique. And so I wanted to make sure that I had all of those moments saved. So Scopio, my company stands for Scope It Out. We see ourselves as a fishing net for the world's images. And these powerful stories were only the most powerful I've ever read and seen during that time where people all over the world, they submit to Scopio's website. It takes less than three minutes. Anyone can do it. And they upload a photo and they upload stories and they can also be hired on their skills depending on their different creative skills. But I started off with photography Why I did it was that around 10 years ago, I was a master's student at Columbia and I was obsessed with these photos I saw on Twitter at the time during the Arab Spring, which there were millions of people in the streets and places like Egypt that were like fighting for their freedom. And I thought the next day I would go on Twitter and I wouldn't see those pictures again. And then Instagram came out and then also those would disappear. So I thought, Why are we saving all of our most important moments on Twitter and Instagram when those could disappear one day? How can I get them in a place where people can really see them, understand them, know where they're from? And uh, at the time, I kind of felt like a failure because I couldn't get the rights for that content, even though I had built this like hashtag engine system that would pull images from hashtags on Twitter. And we got 60 million images at the time, but I didn't own the rights to any of them. So I couldn't do anything with them. So I spent many years trying to find the easiest way people could upload, we could get the rights and then have have that distribution. So for the past two years, we've been working on this book. We went through thousands of images, picked 200. I wanted to make sure people saw this from a global perspective and that this will be like a history book for people and it should be on everybody's bookshelves and you open it and you remember versus like these kind of narrow perspectives that many of us saw during this time even though the whole world was experiencing this wild thing. Can you describe some of the images that are in the book for those who haven't had a chance to check it out? So it's called The Year Time Stop, The Global Pandemic and Photos. 
And we broke it out into two sections, alone and together. So it basically goes into all the things we were feeling alone, our virtual living, living in isolation, all the creativity, love and connection, like people getting married on Zoom. It was also all the healthcare heroes. So we see actually like the inside lives of what these people were doing, like putting on like their lipstick while they're looking in the mirror. Like we have ones of people in cardboard boxes in case they died in the hospital. That's how those were their beds. So it's the most the most remarkable ones in those alone chapters. And then it goes into together, which we know all the social movements that took place in the later half of the year. So we take you through the whole world and what they were doing for environmental reform, for social justice, the Black Lives Matter movement, and have some really remarkable things. And also in alone, we have really cool patterns. So it takes you to like China and then you go to like back to South America and then to Africa and then you see how like what happened when all the streets were empty and all these different patterns that evolved so it's like art and it's photography and it's storytelling it's like every human emotion at every different page that you read take me back to the day in 2020 when you had that moment I need to capture this and create a book and then how did you go about that process of finding a publisher what were your next steps wow it's beautiful and for our listeners who can't wow. see this right now Christina is yes. sharing images from the book and it is incredible wow it's funny because obviously I am a founder of a tech company I'm a female founder so a lot of people always are like how did you do it you're a female founder of a tech company you're part of the two percent or whatever and then I realized actually like now being an author and publishing this book, that's even more rare for people. So when people see, oh, you published a book, like for them in their wildest imaginations, they won't be able to do that. But in reality, anybody can do it, especially with self-publishing. And 85% of people have a book concept in mind is what our publishers say. So people already have this, but they just don't put the words on the paper. So I realized it's so easy to like not do it. You start and then you can just stop at any time. In my perspective, it was really, you know, where like luck meets opportunity. I knew that I always wanted to do this. So I started collecting and curating these images before I had a book. So I started that early on in COVID. By the time November 2020 came, we have 25,000 businesses that use Scopio's website to download images. One of them is HarperCollins. They use our photos for a bunch of different books. So I got a chance to meet the president and I just called her. I said, hey, I want to tell you like what your company is using us for and to meet you. And I think this is a really good trick. Like a lot of people don't do it is they never go that extra step to just chat with somebody like you have your customers or whatever, but you never really like reach higher powers in the organization and you don't try. So this was a good example of me doing that, even though I didn't really need to. So I spoke with her and I said, you know, we've been getting these incredible images and it's been so meaningful to me. And she was like, well, we should publish a book together. So I thought they were going to publish a book and I was going to give them the pictures. But she was like, no, you're going to write the book. You know it better than anyone else and you have a handle of it. So from that moment, I had complete we had complete creative freedom, me and my co-founder. Then our team helped us and we got to decide every single page, every single word in this book. And that was meant so much to me to have somebody like believe in me like that when they didn't need to. So that's the an example too of power. If you have power and you give it to somebody, like that's the most powerful thing you can do. Like a lot of powerful people don't do that. 
But if you do, and I hope I do that in the future, I just give give somebody a chance and they'll, they can do wonders with it. This is an example of that. And you're talking about Judith, correct? <laughs> yes, who you also had on your podcast yes. and people should go listen to that episode. Judith is incredible. She was a previous guest on our Entrepreneurista podcast back when we recorded in studio. Now we do everything remotely. And she was, I think, one of our last recordings in person before the pandemic. And she has been such an incredible resource for our community, for entrepreneurs everywhere. She is all about empowering women and helping tell stories. So I am so glad you made that call to her and this partnership happened. Can you share a little bit more about the process of writing a book? So when you work with a publisher like HarperCollins, what can an entrepreneurista expect as part of that process? I would love to hear Jessica too, how she, how she went. I think preparing your concept is the most important. Like when she asked me what I would do with the book, I had an answer like this. I would created three videos that would describe three different chapters in the book overnight, basically. And it was like so ready that it was hard to say no to. So I think being ready, even though you don't need to be for anything in life, what something you want to do, that's what like allowed me to get that. I'm with you. So for me, I when I had my meeting with my publisher to go over my proposal and flesh out all of the ideas. Did you have them already or you just... I like actually went through Entrepreneur Press because I have my own business segment on entrepreneur.com, which is all part of Entrepreneur Magazine. So when I had a meeting with their press division, it was very clear to me that I wanted when I talked about something in the book. So my book is called Unfiltered, How to Be as Happy as You Look on Social Media. And I knew that if I was going to be talking to, let's say, a founder about how they got their business off the ground. Because like you, it was very clear to me. I felt like people are triggered when they go online, when they see someone's love life or their interpersonal relationships, other people's careers and other people's activism, especially if they feel like they have a lack of activism in their in their life. So to me, it was three clear parts, but I knew no matter who I was talking to in each section, if I was talking to you, let's say, or actually Stephanie's in my book, so I can use her as an example. So when I'm talking about if you're unhappy in your career and how to get yourself out there from a, a digital brand strategy, there is a link in the book, whether you're on your Kindle or you're holding the paperback that has the things to type in and take you to Stephanie's segment that I did on Entrepreneur. So now you're not only reading her in quotes, but you actually can watch her in real time. So I wanted it to feel like a boot camp almost that when people were reading my book, they also felt like they were meeting all of these people around the world in real time. And that wasn't something that Entrepreneur had done quite yet. So to me, like that was a very clear part of my vision. And then I knew because I'd covered Fashion Week as a reporter for a gazillion seasons, I always knew I wanted to have a runway at New York Fashion Week where the people I featured in the book would be the runway models and we could bring more empowering statements and messaging to people, but in a totally different way than a book party. So that's how I got my idea off the ground. But I made the choice not to go to one of the top five because I knew exactly what I wanted and I wanted it to happen quickly. And I knew that if I went the other route of talking with a literary agent or one of the big publishers, that it could take much longer than nine months, which is what it took me to get the book on the shelf when I did this with Entrepreneur. So there are pros and cons of doing it that way, but I didn't have two years because I knew social media was changing so quickly that I knew I had to kind of take the opportunity when I could. Now, as a result, and I would love to get 
back to you, like as a result, my marketing looked a lot different than it would have had I gone with one of the larger publishing houses. So I'd love to hear from you now that you have this book for the people who are out there. We now know how you got the opportunity, but how do you plan on taking this book and spreading it far and wide? Because obviously COVID is something that has touched everyone. You're not dealing with a topic that you have to convince people is newsworthy. And you've done it in such, I think, a powerful way where you're going to help all of us remember remember what it was actually like to live during this time. Thank you. I, I want to definitely back up because like 10 years ago, Christina would never believe this. Like I never th would think, oh, it's like one of my customers that, you know, like the way I'm saying it now is something like if you're listening to this, don't be discouraged because at that time I would have never thought, oh, one of my 25,000 customers is buying photos and then I published a book with them. Like it sounds so ridiculous in my head. At the time, I literally just had myself just pulling images off Twitter. So I think, and the same with Jessica, probably people are thinking, I always wanted fashion week. Like they don't know how to get there. They don't know how to become an, a writer on the site. And so I think like, don't worry about those small details. They're not important. You will get there. Like you will get those spots if you stay focused on that one thing that you want to work on. And then those opportunities, which seem so high bar right now, will actually come to you because a lot of people are like, that's frustrating, but that will never happen to me. I will never be able to get that even first step to get that second step. And it's not true. That's something that you need to realize, like, these are small details. You need to just have that vision and those details of who and what and whatever. Like, I never thought I would get a top, like, second biggest publisher in the world. I didn't even have an agent. I didn't, never even thought I was going to write a book. Like, I negotiated by myself. So it's, you just have to, like, be confident and just try little things and then you get there. So I think it's really important to frame that for people listening. I agree with that wholeheartedly. I mean, I covered Fashion Week for 15 seasons and made relationships year after year after year, worked 20 hour days for multiple days on end. Our seasons, even though they were a week long in New York, for us, it was a week before with pre-interviews, the week of shows, and then a week of post-production. So it was really a 21 day experience where you're running on fumes. And I did that for many, many years. And the most important thing that someone could take away from your story is that you leveraged your contacts, but the contacts that were already a part of your world and your network. And I did the same thing. I had those fashion relationships. You had this client and it made sense to start within your circle. And I think a lot of people don't do that. Even when it comes to thinking about applying for a new job and they want to know how can I find what's out there, they don't think to go to where they went to school and talking to the alumni center. They don't think to go to their church or synagogue and asking someone who's in charge of memberships, hey, do we have anybody in our community that might be in this industry that I could to your point, have a conversation with. They think, how do I get to Elon Musk and talk to him about getting a job at Tesla? So I, I love that you bring up that point because I think it's something people overlook. Want a chance to be on the show? We're currently accepting applications from our Entreprenista League members to be featured on Startups and Stilettos. Think of the Entreprenista League as your team members in what can be a lonely startup founder's journey. As startup founders, we may not get the luxury of a huge team from day one, but with the Lee community, you have a built-in support system. It's been proven that the only way you can build a successful startup is with a strong community. If you find yourself in need of that community, there's a place for you in the Entreprenista League. 
Our members are networking, doing business together, and forming real and meaningful connections. Head over to entreprenista.com forward slash join to learn more. That's entreprenista.com forward slash join. I can't wait to meet you and help you navigate your business journey. Getting back to now where you are in this moment in time, how will you market this book and, and what are your goals for the next year with this project? So whenever I'm stuck, I always just talk to like that example. That was one of our customers. We have 14,000 photographers in the book. I started in January. I thought about this in December. I was like, you know what? I just want to interview and talk with the people. I want to hear them because we had been collecting their stories and their images for a long time. So I sent, sent everybody an email and I said, hey, here's my Zoom, like schedule a meeting with me. So I recorded them reading their story and I talked with them and I told me like, tell me more. That was like a good starting point for me to realize like I would get off the call and it would be hard for me not to cry on every single phone call. Like people's parents that are dying, just incredible things. So I was like, this is so much more than just the pages of this book, even though the story is actually here. Like you can read the story and it's emotional, but it's just like it wasn't enough for me. So I we've recorded there are 200 images, 110 photographers. We've recorded all of them reading their story and telling us more about that day. And so that is now on YouTube being put up as an audiobook and on our podcast as a series. So people can, as they're looking through the book, listen to the voices of these people and you hear all the different accents and you can really kind of feel that global push. So we're using that. We're looking into turning that into a full visual audio immersive experience into different galleries in New York and LA, maybe in overseas and like Dubai and having people go relive that so they can really walk in other people's shoes and build that empathy and understand like this humanity layer that we're trying so hard all of our lives to figure out why are we here on earth? What's my purpose in this time under so much pressure? You really see all of that through the pages. So that's where we it was more of like, how do I bring this book to life and change it from a book to a work of art and then immortalize it? Like, how do I make sure that like Library of Congress knows about it, that it becomes a history book more than just like a coffee table photo book. So it's so easy to stay in that category. And I've been working so hard to like move it into these other directions so that it becomes bigger than just, you know, a photo book. So that's how I've been thinking about the marketing. Christina, when you had this idea to create this book, and then as you shared, you know, your connections and stars aligned to make it happen, maybe even quicker than you anticipated, you were also running your tech company as well. And now you have this other huge opportunity that of course is going to take a lot of your time and resources, but you also have this business as well. How did you figure out how to prioritize, where to spend your time. I feel like so many entrepreneurs have a business that they start and then other opportunities come up and figuring out how do I divide my time? What do I focus on? How did you go through making those decisions? It's so hard to stay focused on one thing. Like it is grueling to do one thing for 10 years. Like I'm not saying it's like an enjoyable thing because I am very passionate about a lot of different things. But for this, I'm like, this is has the purpose that I want. I think it's very impactful. It lasts a long time. And that's for me, like more tied to my legacy than other things that wouldn't necessarily be. If God forbid something happened to me, I leave this earth, I've created something for other people. So I think that like kind of 
seems kind of dark, but it, it like for me was always like, what am I going to do while I'm here? Like I have to do something bigger. So the fact that this allows me to do that is where I stay on this vehicle because there's other things. Of course, I could do many other things. So many different doors would open, but I don't think that I haven't found anything else that is like that big of a purpose for me. Although I care a lot about th different things like the school shootings got me so upset and I was like, why don't I work on gun reform? Like I could make ch change people's minds about this. Like things like that, they make me really passionate. But uh, in this perspective, I think it really changes people's opinions when they start to see different things. So I do experiment a lot, though, in this space. So if people know me, I'm like the master of changing. Like I, we just started this the NFT site. We were the first female founded NFT marketplace. We turned our whole website into NFTs, which is a million plus photos. We wanted to focus on photography as a medium that's historical, just as art and illustrations are. I jumped on that immediately. I took a big risk. We're building an app. It's going to be out in July. Originally, 10 years ago, I thought I was going to build an app. I thought that's what it would be, an app, but I never had money for an app. So I had to use a Shopify page and I started to upload photos on Shopify. Now we're the biggest photo site on Shopify. They don't even know why we're there, but it ended up becoming big there. So I get to build this app 10 years later. I'm really excited about that. Big risk. The NFT site, big risk. So that's how I keep myself interested. And then we have the book. So maybe a gallery next. So I really experiment within my own domain, mm -hmm. but I try to become an expert in my space instead of learning like different spaces. In the few minutes that we have left, do you have any questions for Steph or for me? Because we'd love to help you in any way that we can. Because we have the book coming out June 21st, I'd love to hear your perspective on how more people could know about it and... Wherever your heart is taking, you're happy to listen. So I would say my book is going to be four years old this summer. And things that really surprised me with the launch, places that I thought would sell the book, I think moved the book a little bit. And then places that I was like, oh, okay, I'll, sure, I'll do this random podcast or I'll do this digital interview, ended up making the book sell out that day. So it just, you don't always know, but... I think given you and what you have created, you are going to touch so many people that this is a bit different than the average book that's out there. I think you are right. I think this is going to be something that people want to have in their homes as a historical reference to what we all just lived through and are living through. So I think you are going to have a really, I don't want to say easy time because books can sometimes be tough to place, but I think you're going to have a much easier time than the average author because of what you have just created. And I think you are turning a lot of people's pain into a purpose. You are turning a lot of people's grief into something that they can hold on to and remember that they are not alone and that they were never alone. And when they feel alone, they can rem be reminded of those together moments, which your book highlights. So I think, you know, thinking about ways to get your book in other places is a really smart idea at conferences, at schools, at universities. I don't know how young you think is appropriate, but I would partner with as many schools as possible and see if you can give the schools a discount so they could all have this be part of their academic canon. And I think you are going to have a very smooth ride when it comes to PR, if we're being totally honest, given what you've created. That's, that's my personal opinion. I think those are such great tips, Jess. And, and I will just add there from a social media perspective, 
making it very easy for people to share and to buy. So what I mean by that is creating content and graphics and empowering your network to share and giving them a reason to share. The easier you can make it for people to share, the more likely that they will. And I I feel like the more people that you can have share at once, like that first week of launch, and really have social media flooded with these images, giving people easy access to be able to buy, or maybe you want to do something ahead of time with pre-orders and, and doing a campaign with some of the photographers that are in the book and are you know willing and able to share their content ahead of time and talk about how excited they are to be in the book and building that initial buzz, I think that will help too. But yes, making content easily shareable, accessible, and making it very easy to buy. And if you can use tracking links so you can see what's working and replicate it. The other thing I would add to that too, is you mentioned that in the book that there's content around the environment and there's also content around social justice. And I think if you look at a calendar and you break down each month, you're going to be able to make your book relevant for that month. And that's how we did my PR. And that was by my choice and something I tell all of my clients to do. So talking about FOMO and social media is just as relevant on Valentine's Day when people might be looking outward and say, oh, I wish I was in a couple today. But it's also just as relevant around graduation season when people are thinking, gosh, you know, my roommate has a job and I don't and I don't even know what I want to do with my life. And, you know, my roommate has written and been published and has all these accolades to his or her name. So I think if you look at a calendar over a 12 month period, and then you think about the ways that your book is divided, you can find those national awareness days. And it doesn't always have to be just COVID. It can just be more about humanity and mental health and community. So I think you are going to have a very long shelf life with your PR run because you can make your book really newsworthy all throughout the year, opposed to just during certain times of the year. And what's your advice on breaking silos? I know a lot of people listening are probably like, I can't like break through for new people to learn about me. I think that's the story of every entrepreneur's journey. I think that's, (laughs) I think we all as human beings feel that way about every aspect of our lives. And I think we just have to go back to what makes us us and look back for a second to see everything that you have accomplished and remind yourself of the silos you've broken through before and just tell yourself, I'm going to do it again. It's just a different, it's just a different page of my own book. That's great. Christina, thank you so much for spending time with us and sharing your story and all of the stories you're about to share with the launch of this (laughs) book. It really is truly incredible. And some of the advice that you have shared with us over the past half hour about the importance of community and connection and reaching out to your network is just so powerful and so impactful. And we're, we can't wait to continue to follow and see everything that, that you're doing. Where can everyone find you, follow you, and of course, purchase the book? We are at Scopio Images across social media. I'm at Christina Hawatma, last name H-A-W-A-T-M-E-H. It means generous, in case you're wondering. And you can find us all across social media. The website is Scopio, S-C-O-P-I-O. It stands for Scope It Out. The book is called The Year Time Stopped. It's all major retailers. You can find it Walmart, Amazon, Target, anywhere around the world. So just look up The Year Time Stopped. And if you do buy it, please write us a review. It will mean the world to me. Wonderful. And we will link out to all of the links that you just shared in the show notes. Christina, thank you so much for being here again. I'm Stephanie. And I'm Jessica. We're here to help you put your best heel forward. 
You've been listening to Startups in Stilettos, the show that highlights your peers in the startup world and meets you where you are to get you through your biggest challenges and towards your biggest goals. For additional episodes, extra content, show notes, and more, visit startupsinstilettos.com. Did you love this episode? Leave us a review and send us a screenshot via Instagram DM at Entrepreneistas, and you can enter to win a one-on-one mentor and strategy session with me. We're drawing a new winner every month, and I cannot wait to meet you.